the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome. Today we're wrapping up the devotional series in my book, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. And it's a real pleasure to be with you this morning. Regardless of the circumstances in which we find ourselves, we are not determined by our circumstances. Instead, we have joy in Jesus, which lets us look at things differently from the world. And this show is about looking at things differently. I hope you'll agree we've had an interesting journey in uh, my book over the last six, seven weeks, and that you feel more encouraged, more aware, and more prepared for your mission as a courageous Christian. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my extraordinary wingman. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Christy. Uh, If you've been following along over the last six weeks, thank you. And if you're just joining us, you can still participate. You can order a free book at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com or at Amazon for 99 cents, you can get a book which you can read on any Kindle device or an app on your phone that you download, uh, the Kindle app. Uh, and then you can go to kkht.com under the Programs tab uh, and then Podcasts and listen to the episodes that you've missed. We have an exciting show for you today as we wrap this up, but before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves... I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have together in Christ to serve you. Thank you for finding us wherever we may have been and for calling each of us to you through the truth of your Son, Jesus Christ. Help us, O Lord, to fulfill the promise you have so carefully nurtured in each of us. Gracious Father, In Jesus' name, we ask that you relieve us of the spiritual and emotional burdens that we may carry, that you shield us from evil influence, that you fill our hearts with compassion and love, and that you strengthen us in our dedication to your will. In all our different personalities, circumstances, talents, and experiences, help us to do our part on the spiritual battlefield of this world 
in whatever manner that may be. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I've seen on Facebook uh, lots of comments that people have made. Uh, We've received comments by email. And I think everybody has a different impression of things. And as your understanding deepens, you again take different things away. Yeah, you definitely do. And we're talking about the devotional series that we've been watching, kind of some of the comments and hearing some comments. And um, this is my second time through the book and more awareness. You know, one of the things that I'm drawn to or, or think about often is I never thought about Jesus as a warrior and us being on a battlefield for him. So that's a really new awareness. And reading, going through the devotional a second time has really brought me um, a better understanding of that. Yeah, uh, it's a paradigm shift. Um, We talk a lot uh, in the Marine Corps work that I'm doing about mental models, the way we see the world. We have these various pictures uh, as individuals, as cultures, um, as a service in the Marine Corps that form the way we look at things. And in looking at Jesus as a warrior, It is certainly a paradigm shift, a shift in mental model. And as you grow in that new mental model, you see the same things differently and then differently again. And I think it's kind of amazing. It is amazing. You know, it's what you're reminding me of is back when 20 years ago, when um, I got the amazing gift of faith from God was even even the awarenesses that came at that time, I would hear song lyrics, which I love, and I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. That came from the Bible. And I didn't know that before. And I know that may sound very simple, but it even brought new awareness there. But now I see things in such a different way with regards to Jesus, the warrior on a battlefield. And ironically, or maybe not, I hear more lyrics now today about the battlefield and I'm drawn to those songs about courageous Christianity and the battlefield and the warrior of Jesus Christ. And it's, it's a really amazing new awareness. Uh, Yeah. That's especially true of country songs. You can hear the same country song a long time and then you'll suddenly hear something different and you'll realize, Oh, he wasn't talking about his pickup truck. It was his dog he was talking about. <laughs> exactly. But I do love country music. Uh, we're talking about the mental model with which we see uh, the universe and the world. And if you're listening to the show, you're looking for something. You're looking to deepen your faith. You're looking for a deeper understanding. Maybe you're new to faith and you just want to hear something. Uh, I was in my 40s when God spoke to me one day. I suddenly asked the question, if I died tomorrow, what would my children think was important to me? And based on the way I'd spent my 30s, I thought that they would think that money was important to me and money wasn't important to me. So I started asking what is important to me. And what was really important to me was to serve something bigger than myself. And so for me, that involved going back into the Marine Corps reserves. And a couple months later, I found myself in Iraq. So hopefully you won't find yourself in Iraq, but hopefully you will find yourself looking at things with a different perspective. And so in that perspective, we're talking about war, um, the context of the Bible as war. And uh, I've said Genesis chapter 3, verse 2, when the serpent first comes to Eve and starts telling his lies, 
to Revelation chapter 22, the entire Bible is about war, but it's about a unique kind of war. It's called irregular war. And irregular war seeks influence over a uh, specific population of people, influence and legitimacy. And so the devil is contending with God, seeking influence over God's people. And he and God are in a struggle, and the devil wants us to be enslaved, and God wants us to be free. And so that is the context of everything we read in the Bible. And so Jesus was the ultimate warrior, and he came to speak truth. And we know we will have to stand firm, because all you need to do is look around and see how things are so messed up. So insurgency or rebellion is a type of irregular warfare that seeks to overthrow the established regime. And that begs the question, what is the established regime? And the established regime is God's kingdom. He created the universe. He set in place uh, the order of things. And that order is that man has free will, that God has said what is good and what is bad, that man can choose good or bad, and that those who honor God by choosing good in the name of Jesus will be blessed with abundant eternal life. We understand that those who choose bad will have bad. It says several times in the Bible that God will give us the desires of our hearts. So we're talking about what are the desires of our hearts. And the desires of the devil's heart is to overthrow God, and he wants to put us to a choice. So in deciding where our hearts are, he wants our hearts to be with uh, this world and the things of this world. It's interesting to me that you see in all of this such opposites. It's a dead giveaway for what's going on that if God says one thing, the devil says something else. Does that strike you as weird? It it does. It's a new awareness. I'll be honest. I'm still trying to get it, just like I'm still trying to get the uh, the f- clear understanding, and we've talked about this off-air even, is the understanding of insurgency and, and counterinsurgency and getting that all straight. Right. I, I kind of liken it to my past world in real estate. I never know what mortgagee or mortgagor is, and I have to write right. it down. I have to think about you come from a war, pers- you know, you have the, the war education, the experience, and it makes a lot of sense. But I'm guessing if it doesn't make sense to me completely, even though the battle kind of makes sense on a top level, I'm wondering if you can help us understand okay. that insurgency and insurgency a little more. Yeah. If the devil hadn't rebelled against God, we would all be living in the Garden of Eden. Everything would be perfect. Everything would be wonderful. And the serpent came to Eve, and and he said, did God really say not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And that was the first obfuscation. Yeah, somebody said that on Facebook, that they were like, Like, uh, they used the word obfuscation. I'm like, that just confuses me when you say it. (laughs) Obfuscation is an intentional muddying of the issues, an intentional deception So it's like political correctness. It's this veil that we pull down in front of the issue so that we don't really look clearly at things because the insurgency doesn't want us to solve problems because problems are what keep us enslaved. Mm. But when we peel back that veil, when when we uh, let the smoke clear, Mm -hmm. uh, for me, by reading the Bible, then we can look at things with clarity and say, wait wait a second, no. You, You can't protect the egg of a bald eagle but in New York, you can terminate a baby's life up until mm. delivery. Yeah. That makes no sense. So the devil rebelled. He said, this is not what God really said, meant, whatever. He didn't just come out and say God's a liar. What he did were these little bites at the truth. 
And that's what we see happening today. So the devil rebelled. That rebellion is called insurgency. Uh, Counterinsurgency, a good way to remember it, is counter anything is a response. You don't start with counterinsurgency. You have insurgency or rebellion, and then you respond to that insurgency or rebellion with a counterinsurgency. Okay, that makes more sense. So, okay, thanks. So as Christians, our uh, job is to assert God's kingdom. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes it makes sense, and especially when you kind of put it in the words that are a little bit more that I know a little bit more rebel, and so you're rebelling, but then we are responding to that. Exactly. So, how do we separate the truths from the lies? Because when things don't make sense, here's a newsflash: they probably don't make sense. I say this all the time. A confused mind says no. Well, that's a. I'm confused. <laughs> God says, I want you to have abundant life and freedom. The devil says, I want you to have fear and servitude. God says love. The devil says hate. God says righteousness. The devil says perversity. God says a spirit, submit it to him. The devil says your flesh. I own your flesh. God says heaven above. The devil says hell below. It's all of these opposites which mm-hmm. which put our hearts and our souls to these very painful uh, decisions. So... The devil wants to put us to a decision, and he does this in various ways. For example, shame. Mm. You know, there's good shame and there's bad shame. There's the shame. I where, just learned that that there's good shame, good right. shame and bad. Shame. There's the shame when you do something wrong. You know, you've done something wrong. You acknowledge that you do something wrong, and you feel humiliated about it. Mm-hmm. And it's in that humiliation that you then seek to do right. You right. repent. And then there's the shame that is the devil just telling you you're a bad person. So the devil says, you are bad. Jesus says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And so many people live in shame. So many people live in shame. Here's another one. I've run into a bunch of people this week and we've talked about fear and anxiety. Yeah. Lots of that right now. The devil uses fear. Because if you're scared, then you appeal to things that are immediately available to you, your government, uh, Facebook, people who are saying things. And what's distant and what's not visible to you, the kingdom of God, right. is, is a little harder. So the devil says, be scared. And then God says, but the spirit of God, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So for everything the devil tries to use against us, In Scripture, in the Bible, God has given us our shield. The devil says it's about flesh. Jesus says we are citizens of heaven. The devil says it's about money. Jesus says you can't serve both God and money. The devil says it's about division and disharmony. Jesus says there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one glorious hope when you were called one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So the big picture is this effort by the devil to tell us that we're bad. The devil makes us weak. Yeah. God makes us powerful. Yeah, because we're Christian warriors and our opportunity is in the hope of Christ. And it's in that hope and the truth of the Bible that we can go out and do great things. Right. It's all just little. It's, it's, I said in the beginning, it's not about circumstances. Circumstances are like ingredients in a recipe. Right. You can have weird tasting ingredients and still make an awesome recipe. For example, horseradish. What's up with horseradish? 
But if you mix it with mayonnaise and put it on some prime rib, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, think about a birthday cake. I mean, right. sugar's good, but you know, sugar, well, no, butter, everything eggs. Everything in a birthday cake is good. <laughs> That's a terrible example. Eating them separately, eggs. Not cooked. Okay. I forgot about the <laughs> eggs. So the circumstances of our lives are the ingredients. How we mix those ingredients in the bowl comes from our faith in Jesus. And he bends all things toward his will, and he makes all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So this is where we derive our strength. And We've looked at this over the last five or six weeks with daily examples and how to speak out and how to stand firm in faith. And it's just worth a reminder at this point, please, if you hear this, uh, as I reiterated last week, when I say it's our struggle is not against flesh and blood, the question was posed, well, what do you mean flesh? I thought the flesh is like when you're doing bad things. When I say, or rather, excuse me, when Scripture says our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities and the rulers of this dark world. Secular, the humans. What, what that's saying is it's not about people. Right. Don't go be ugly to people. Um, this person who is lost, they're living in darkness. They're in right. pain. They're struggling. It's not about being mean to them. They just didn't know what to do, so they bought the lies and now they're like me right. in my early 40s, where all I knew is, hey, work hard, try to get a bigger house, try to have newer cars, and that's providing for your family. And then one day, through the grace of God, he spoke to me and said, no, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about serving something bigger than yourself. Right. And it's about living by a truth that's eternal. And so... The scripture that I woke up thinking about this morning says that all scripture is God-breathed and is suitable for uh, teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Bible says thoroughly equipped. That means it's all in the word of God. I love that scripture. It's Thoroughly equipped, not a little bit equipped, not partly equipped, but you can go into battle with nothing but But the Bible and the truth of God. It makes me feel safe. Absolutely. The shield of faith. We make a choice. We make a choice to believe. That belief is informed by reading the Bible and finding out what God wants for us. And then we act on that in love and compassion because. It would be like a high school kid treating a first grader badly because a first grader doesn't know trigonometry. Right. Yeah. And that's so sad and that's so cruel. The first grader uh, will learn that in time if we show a good example. And this brings me to an awesome story. I hope I have time to tell it. But it's the real essence of things. So Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 40, I think, is the story. And... um Paul and Silas have been wrongly arrested and thrown in prison. There was a slave girl who was, uh, oh, what's it called when you tell the future? Oh, um, foretelling. Prophesying or whatever. And she was making a lot of money for her owners. And she was following Paul and Silas around and really annoying him. So Paul said to her, said to the spirit that was in her, get out of her. And then her owners got mad at Paul and Silas. So they made up a lie and say that, said that they were stirring up the pot. 
And then without a good trial, they were beaten and thrown in prison. And while they were in prison, uh, secured uh, hand and feet by their jailer, there was an earthquake and the doors were open and their chains were let go and the jailer awoke and he was going to kill himself because he thought he'd failed in his mission to secure them. And Paul yelled, no, don't, we're still here, we haven't left. And the jailer was so overcome by their righteousness that though they could have left, they didn't, that he said to them, um, how do I believe? And they said, you just believe in Jesus. And that's the Reader's Digest version. The The point is that by our example, we yeah. put people to a decision and uh, not that we tell them what to decide. We give them the opportunity to make this decision. And then everything they do follows from that opportunity. So again, Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 40, if you can read that, it tells a beautiful story. And I don't know that I did it justice. I think you did. It's, uh, I mean, I got, you're, we're shining the light of Jesus. We're shining the light of Jesus. Yeah. So uh, anytime I refer to the Bible, it's the truth. And speaking of the truth, that is our moment of truth. And it's a repeat from a previous show, just because I think it's the essence of everything. As the Israelites inhabited the promised land, Joshua opposed the following in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, when he said, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Friends, we face the same decision today. With the promised land of an eternity with Jesus before us, each of us must choose whom we will serve. Will we serve what our parents and grandparents served just because it was handed down to us? Will we serve the interests of the media, their manipulators, corporations, politicians, and the gods they have created in a lost world? Will we allow the dupes of the devil to shape us with shame and fear and materialism and the flesh and divisiveness? Or will we choose Jesus and his courageous and compassionate love? Each day we make this choice. Each day we choose and we act on that choice in the way we spend our time, our energy, and our money, and in the way we give voice to our faith. And this is where our courageous Christianity comes in because we have to give voice to our faith. Either we will put the world to a decision or the world will put us to a decision. So I pray in all of our choices and actions at every decision point throughout the day, we will each ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Our Lord as we submit to him and what he says is right and wrong, not what we invent. And our Savior in the repentance and gratitude of our hearts. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that brings us to the quote of the day. And this is a big one. Our quote of the day comes from General Dwight David Eisenhower on the uh, eve of the invasion of Normandy on the eve of D-Day in 1944. He said to all who were about to attack, attack Germany, you are about to embark upon the great crusade to which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. Your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty, and skill in battle. He closed by saying, Good luck, and let us all beseech the blessing of Almighty God upon this great and noble undertaking. Like those brave men, if we're to be effective on the spiritual battlefield, we must be equally determined and realistic in our understanding of the devil's schemes. Good battlefield intelligence is critical to success, and that's why we have to look at things in a different way. We must see everything as it is. 
We can't be like children wandering around in the middle of a dangerous situation with no frame of reference. The stakes are too high. We must understand the context of our actions. And so, as we've said, that context is irregular warfare, insurgency. As Christians, we are counterinsurgents. If insurgency is about lies, then as Christians, we are about speaking the truth, not our truth, but God's truth. So, we don't live with fear and anxiety because we now understand the devil and the battlefield. Jesus has said, not one of these will be snatched from my hand. By our choices, we decide if we are one of these or one of those. So let's strive together in truth to be one of these, who in love, gratitude, and devotion seek to do the will of our God, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And we know that his will is that we act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with him in his truth among those who do not know him. This is a spiritual battlefield, and if we reflect him, others may come to know him. And that's courageous Christianity. Should you want to reach me, I can be contacted at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com or 281-656-1833. Thanks for joining Christy and me today. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.